Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the 1-160 of the Second Photography Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about portrait backgrounds. So I'm going to be talking about why you would use a background and a few other bits associated with backgrounds. So simply, why would you have a background? Well, a background can really simplify and bring attention to a person in an image. Now, there are other ways to do that in photography. You can use vignetting, you can have a shallow depth of field, you can use blurs, you can use light, you can use colour. There's an awful lot of ways to bring attention onto the subject you want to emphasise. So where would you use a portrait background? Well, you would probably use a background for model work, photography of a person, maybe some macro work and some product work, and you'd even have a use in video. So the background removes distractions. And in a fashion shoot, you typically have a grey background because it's the clothes that you really want to emphasise. Having a background just allows the viewer to focus in on the clothes. Now, the simplest and easiest way to use a background is to shoot against a wall. There are some problems here, as the wall might not be a suitable colour, it might have imperfections. So moving past a wall, the main backgrounds are paper, collapsible backgrounds, vinyls and highlights. And we're going to talk about those in a moment. So let's start with the easiest one. A collapsible background is probably the most common as it's very light, it's cheap, it's reusable and it packs away incredibly easily. The problem with collapsible backgrounds is they can be too small. Now this really might surprise you as some are 1.5 times 2 metres. But once you put a person in front of that, you don't really have much room to play. So if you bring your model forward, you're going to get to a point where they seem to spill over the background. So they're going to appear wider and taller than the background they're against. And you can overcome this by having your model keep their hands at their side and, and move back towards the background. But in terms of a background, the wider the background, the less likely it is you're going to have problems fitting your person or people into the background. Collapsible backgrounds can also have creases in, but we can easily fix this in post production I'll talk about that later. Now they fold up into a small package about 70 centimeters in diameter and they come in a sort of cloth case. After a bit of practice you can fold them and unfold them quite easily and it's actually the folding back up that's the difficult. You take them out of the case and they pop up hence why they're called pop-up backgrounds or collapsible backgrounds. Packing them away the easiest way to do that is to grab both sides, bring it up so it makes like a taco shape, pull your hands together and that sort of folds it but it also magically folds the top and bottom and it all comes into a circle which is really good. Like I said they're the most versatile backgrounds and you can easily lean them against a wall or you can get special stands for them. The collapsible background isn't going to cover the floor and this means that realistically you can only really shoot three quarter length portraits and that's going from the head to just above the knees. Some collapsible backgrounds come with trails that clip on or velcro onto the front so you have material that goes on the ground so you can shoot full length portraits you are going to need to do some work in photoshop to sort of make that seam and join look okay i've seen collapsible backgrounds that have a defocused image on so if you put a model in front of the collapsible background it looks like you're shooting in a cityscape or on a beach but if you do look closely you can see ah oh yes this is a defocused background but on first impressions you don't actually notice. In my opinion a single colour or a slightly textured appearance like Wyoming works best and this is where I would advise people who are starting to use backgrounds to use a grey one first and I'll cover why a bit later. So some collapsible backgrounds have one colour on one side and a different colour on the other and common combinations are black and white and grey and blue etc. Now the next type of backgrounds are bigger and wider. And at the cheaper end, you've got muslin or cotton sheets, and they can be hung from a pole. 
At the more expensive end of the bigger and wider backgrounds, you've got paper or vinyl. Now the advantage of using this bigger background is you can easily do a full length portrait of one person or, or maybe you can do a group shot because they're wider. The disadvantage is you now need a unique support system and typically this is two stands and a pole that runs between the stands. So all of a sudden now you need a lot of space, you can't just prop it against a wall. Although you can get support systems that do mount to the wall and they're used in places like studios. But let's just focus on getting started. One of the problems of muslin or cotton is they're going to have creases in. As soon as you get them out of the box, they're going to have creases or fold lines. An advantage of muslin or cotton is they're cheap and they fold up to fit in a box, which is really good for storage, but it is going to give you creases. Now, paper won't have any creases. And the beauty of paper is once it's suspended, you can pull it down. And if you pull it down and out, you create this seamless transition between the background and the floor and it means you've got the floor covered and the background covered. And this is why they're called seamless backgrounds because you can't see a seam, there's no floor and background, it's just one continuous thing and it's referred to as seamless. Now the downside of paper is that the rolls are very long and they can be a pain to move around. And of course, when people stand on paper, they can rip, they can break and, and they're gonna get dirty as well. But if they do get dirty, you can just rip it off and pull another bit down. Now rolls can be as low as 20 pounds and mounting systems can be as low as 20 pounds. So paper is almost as cheap as a collapsible background, but it's certainly more fiddly to put up. You really need at least another person to help you and they don't pack away so easily, but they do give you a wider field of view. Now vinyl comes in a roll just like seamless paper and it's more hard wearing and you can mop it and it's a little bit heavier. And again, it acts like paper and you're gonna need a stand system, but certainly if you're using it all the time, maybe vinyl is the way to go. So those are the main types of photography backgrounds, but there are some other ones. I mentioned earlier a sort of cross type and these are made by, I think, Westcott and it's just a sheet that is pulled taut by a stand system. And the black one is made of like a felt material, so it absorbs light rather than reflects it. So those are quite good, but again, they're not gonna be as big as a roll of paper. If you go to a studio, you might see something called an infinity curve. And this is essentially where you've got a white wall and you've got a white floor and you've got like a curved polystyrene or plastic bit in between to create the seamless effect. So you can get infinite white quite easily there but you're going to need an awful lot of lights and another smaller sort of category or smaller background if there is such a thing is a product called a highlight made by Lastlight. now this comes in various sizes but it's essentially a white rectangle that stands on its own that you can put lights in so you put lights inside it and the idea is you fire lights from inside it and you stand your model against the background you can very easily get an infinite white image so you can buy various trails and covers that go with this so you can get a trail of a white sort of reflective, strong wearing vinyl material that you attach down the bottom and you can get a good full length portrait. You will need to do some Photoshop work to remove the sort of seam and join. So why did I say start with a grey background, whether it be collapsible or paper? Well, whatever type of background you get, grey I always feel is the most versatile. If you light your grey background with a flash, it's going to look white, which means you can do high key images. If you don't light your grey background and the model stands far enough away from your light source, then it's going to look black and you can get a low key image. And of course, if your model's fairly close to it or it gets some light on it, it can look grey as well. You can also use gelled lights on a grey background and they will become the colour of the gel. So if you fire a blue light onto a grey background, it will look blue. And you might think that white would work a lot better, but the problem with white 
is that the colours can look quite pastely. Grey gives it a solid colour, whereas white looks quite pastely. Now, when you shoot against a background, your model can leave shadows on the background, which don't look very nice. Now, there are ways around this. You can move the light to the side so that the light misses the background completely and doesn't cause any shadows. You can move your model further away from the background and more towards the camera so that the shadows don't fall in the background. This is why bigger backgrounds offer more flexibility or wider backgrounds offer more flexibility. Or you could cheat and you could use a black background as shadows cast in the background aren't going to matter. So I've talked about illuminating a background to give it a colour or to make it all white. But light can be added to give depth to a background too. So you might have seen images where it looks like there's a window in the scene but, that, but you can't see it. And you think there might be a window in the scene because there are shadows and light cast onto the background. Well, in most cases, there probably isn't a window. In most cases, it's probably just done with a trick of light. So you can use something called a gobo and a gobo is something that goes between, so it goes between a background, and it's just something that goes between the light and the background, and it's as simple as a piece of card with holes cut in it or rectangles cut out. If you fire a light through this, it's going to cast a shadow onto your background, and you might have seen a similar thing with either sort of, it looks like there's a window, or it looks like there are Venetian blinds. So I have a device called a light blaster and this allows me to project a picture or patterns onto a background using a flash and a camera lens. And this gives some great options for a background and just adds a bit of depth and interest to the background. So I've talked about getting rid of creases in collapsible backgrounds. A collapsible background will have creases eventually, but they're not going to be uniform. So that presents a bit of a problem. Now the way to solve this is you could iron your collapsible background. No, thank you. You could ask your model to move forwards so the background is more blurred, but maybe that's not an option. However, if you go into Photoshop, you could use the healing brush or the clone tool, but by far the easiest way is to use the median filter. Blurs, of course, will work well, but I think the median filter is better. Now you'll find the median filter under the noise filters section, and median filter will blur the image, but it keeps edges intact. So this means that when you're masking out a person, it's really easy. So simply apply the filter, to your image and then you can quickly mask the person out and it means you don't have to mask right up to the edges because the edges stay intact and that will make your background uniform and crease free because it's quite a distraction to have creases and other things and blemishes in the background on the flooring or the paper on the flooring to have footprints so the median filter will get rid of footprints on paper as well because don't forget generally backgrounds are used in photography to stop you getting distracted and draw attention to your subject so if you have creases and if you have footprints or marks then it's not going to work. I always find it's best to reduce the errors in camera but using the median filter is something I generally do over getting it right in camera. So which background should you choose? Well I'd advise starting with a grey collapsible background because it's just easier, you can put it away in a cupboard and it doesn't take up much room and you can use it many many times. But it really does depend on your needs. If you're photographing something large or you're photographing groups of people then you might want to go wider and maybe it's a good idea to start with cotton or muslin. You don't necessarily have to get a stand, you can mount it on a curtain rail or you can somehow pin it to the wall. There are lots of things you can do. So I hope you found this interesting because backgrounds, they're not the most interesting of things, but I think they are something photographers use again and again, and it probably needs a bit of discussion really. So let me know what you think. Do leave a comment or do get in touch. Don't forget you can support this podcast if you wish at patreon.com forward slash 160 SPP, and you can access monthly bonus content as well as having ad-free and sponsorship-free episodes of the podcast to download. So thank you very much and goodbye.